This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Station is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Friday. This is how we do it, January 8th. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with maybe the only BYU Cougar not named to the Phil Steele All-Independent team. His name is Jerem Jordan. Yeah, there were a lot of them. In fact, uh, 24 Cougars on the All-Independent first or second team. Now, keep in mind, there were only four teams, and UMass only played four games. But there are so many. Let's scroll through those quickly to show everybody right now. And there they are. There they are. Hopefully you took that in. All 24 names. Uh, Britton Hogan, congratulations. Long snapper on the second team. To avoid spending the rest of the show talking about the 24 individuals, we opted for that. We've got a lot to do. Congratulations to those guys. Yeah. What is included in the show lineup besides that all-independent special is some uh, ooh, reaction to Gonzaga. Good or bad, we're going to react. Moral victories, Actual victories. Was there an actual victory in there somewhere? Tyler Haas, BYU's all-time leading scorer, will join us. How does BYU avoid going down by 21 five minutes into the game? That's what we really need to figure out. And the will of consequence, not exactly necessary today, thanks to a bunch of erroneous picks, Jerem. We were not good. I don't want to name names, but Caleb Lohner cost me. (laughs) And the BYU gymnastics head coach, Scarred Young, silver medalist, will join us to preview the best of Utah meet as uh, the ladies get set to open the 2021 season. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU loses 86-69 at number one Gonzaga. BYU trailed by as many as 32 points in the second half, but in that half, shot 54%, still lost by 17. 17, that's a number, isn't it? Bulldogs score 85 for the 11th straight millionth game uh, to start the season. Cougars start league play 0-1, now head to St. Mary's next Thursday, San Francisco next Saturday. That's as hard of a setup BYU could have possibly had. Granted, COVID postponements adjusted things, but 0-1 start, here we go. BYU offensive line coach Eric Mateos, according to multiple reports, notably Football Scoop, will join former BYU offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes at Baylor as the new offensive line coach and thus replace Ryan Pugh for uh, what looked like a moment had accepted the job, but then things fell through. So... We're still waiting for official confirmation from BYU, but it looks like Eric Mateos is on his way out with Jeff Grimes. And BYU will never actually confirm it. It'd be it'd be Baylor at that point. Yeah, when guys leave, they're like, well, you announced it on your end, so we'll see if Baylor announces it uh, today or tomorrow. We'll see. Okay, more All-American honors for Cougar football players. Brady Christensen, a first-teamer on the Walter Camp All-American list. Congrats. Jake Holderite, a second-teamer. He didn't win the Lou Groza last night, but he was a finalist. Had a uh, perfect field goal-kicking season. And Brady Christensen is a first- or second-teamer on everybody's list. Jake received the fan vote. Doesn't that matter most? Not in presidential elections. (laughs) He is number one in BYU fans' hearts, that's for sure. Who are you talking about? (laughs) Jake Holderite and Brady Christensen and Zach Wilson. I wasn't referring to those guys. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Hello, NFL playoffs and Cougars in the postseason. Taysom Hill and the New Orleans Saints will host the Chicago Bears in an NFC wildcard game this Sunday. 440 Eastern kickoff. Our own David Nixon will be in attendance in the Superdome. You know what pays to be in Taysom's family? 
Does it literally pay like his $16 million two-year contract? I'll have to confirm that oh, later with okay. David. Sione Takitaki and the Cleveland Browns end a more than two-decade playoff appearance drought and visit the Pittsburgh Steelers in an AFC wildcard game Sunday evening at 8.15 Eastern. Good luck to both of those former Cougars. And the women's hoops team took care of business at the House Hank built, beating LMU 71-57 in L.A., led by Shaley Gonzalez's 20 points Yawn. and the double-double machine Lauren Gustin's uh, 11 points and 14 rebounds. This is what they do every game. Shaley's like, incredible. I, I kid. She she just well, she, she goes for 20 every game. Lauren Gustin's incredible. Double-double yes. every yes. game. I love it. I love it. Is Porter Gustin, who does he play for again? The Browns? Cleveland Browns. He's on the Browns. There He's go. in the playoffs as well. Okay, Cougars uh, game at Pepperdine tomorrow was postponed. So next up, St. Mary's at home next Thursday on Brigham Young University Television. Lauren going into the week was the third leading rebounder in the entire country. That's pretty good because it's a big country. At 6-1, Jerem. 6-1. At 6-1. Not yeah, bad. That's, that's tall in women's hoops. Not bad. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. BYU loses in Spokane to number one ranked Gonzaga, 86-69. But you know what? Every other team in college basketball is probably going to lose to Gonzaga this season. They're in another stratosphere. Yesterday we joked about, hey, what's an acceptable outcome for BYU and threw in the moral victory thing. Well, we're not exactly joking today when we discuss actual victory or moral victory. Let's start with this, Jerem. BYU, after stumbling out of the gate to a 23-2 deficit. And 25-4, too. Then outscored the Zags 67-63 to close out the final 35 minutes of the game. Moral victory. Uh, yeah, moral victory. It's not uh, an actual victory. Actually, winning the game is an actual victory. I'm going to be moral victory on most of these. Okay, BYU goes down 18-2, trying to replicate what it did when it last beat Gonzaga at number one, which was be down 18-2. I thought this was a sound idea. It's like, let's simulate what they did. Let's go down, get Gonzaga comfortable. I kid. Uh, BYU got boat raced. But after that point... After the five-minute mark into the game, BYU actually outscored Gonzaga, which is gnarly, like you said. So uh, still moral victory. Nice comeback. But the damage had been done. Once BYU got down 32 in the second half, it's like, uh, hey, anything okay. that happens from here is nice, but it's not that meaningful to me. What was deflating is when BYU cut the lead to 13 and Gonzaga calls the timeout, the Zags take Late the, in the first half yeah. and go on an 11 to nothing run, and just like that, they it was back 13. up 24. So they yeah. answered it with a 13, yeah. Because once it was 13, it was like, oh, this is the game again. Okay, cool. Great. But it takes so much energy to come back against anybody, let alone the best team in America. It was, yeah. It, I, you, you gain that confidence a little bit. And I'm thinking, hey, BYU went down 18-2 to two, uh, before and won in Spokane. Why, why not? Th- this isn't that Gonzaga. Yeah, they tried to replicate the game. Plan. They're just... They're just a different level. They're in another stratosphere. So, yes, yeah. that is the definition of a moral victory. Hey, last 35 minutes. Yay! It's the same idea as BYU against Utah in the 2015 Las Vegas Bowl, going down 35 to nothing and then losing the game 35-28. Hey, they outscored him 28 zip final three quarters. Still yeah. lost the game. Okay, actual or moral victory. BYU gets the push on the final Vegas line of 17. Moral victory. Yes, moral victory. Now, had BYU gotten to within 16, Caleb Lohner gets the ball and has a chance to lay it in if he wants. That was a big decision. Scott Van Pelt, are you paying attention? That was a big decision. (laughs) Bad beats. Yeah. 
Yeah, this is a moral victory. I was really hoping. I'm like, oh, man, is BYU going to backdoor cover here? They were close. They got – it was 17. It was like 54 seconds left. I was. They, they might lose then, by only 15 or 16. But then Gonzaga hit a, hit a shot in the lane. And uh, no, I, this is moral victory. Actually winning is a victory. Mm-hmm. Okay? Moral but, victory. But moral victory is – and it depends who you ask. So BYU didn't cover in some spots. BYU covered in some spots. And BYU pushed. Because the line wasn't universally 17. It was 16 and a half, 17, 17 and a half, depending on who you asked. So uh, that was fun. But the Vegas line and even Ken Palm, they were spot on on how this yes. shook out. Yes. Which is weird given that it was like a 32-point game at one point, a 13-point game at some point. So. Jerem, Gonzaga has scored like a million points against a bunch of teams. 102 against 6th-ranked Kansas. They went for 90 against Auburn. They only put up 86 against BYU. What does that mean? Moral victory. Uh, BYU held the Gonzaga to fewer points than Kansas, West Virginia, Iowa, or Virginia did. That's, that's cool, but BYU still lost by 17. But, uh, yeah, good, good, good job, guys. Only 86. Hey, 22nd ranked Virginia lost to Gonzaga by 23. Moral well, victory. Well, and gave up, like, what, 95? How much was it? Virginia known for its defense, uh, incredible defense. Yes, because, well, a.k.a. they just milked the clock. <laughs> and Gonzaga still scored 95 against Virginia. Yeah. That so is what does this mean? Did BYU win something? <laughs> what did they win? A new vacuum. Woo! Let's keep the moral victory train rolling, baby. Okay, BYU loses by six uh, less, uh, fewer points than they did last season at Gonzaga. Moral yeah. victory. This is a moral victory. <laughs> BYU wasn't playing with Yoli Childs last year. There were fans in the stands. Remember that? No. Uh, That's it's, never it's, happened, it's actually. Yeah. BYU loses by 23 with a team that, once Yoli Childs got back, won on an unbelievable run, beat Gonzaga 91-78, and was pacing to be a six seed in the NCAA tournament. But, again, this comparing both BYU teams, even though the deficit is closer – I felt like BYU's team last year was more competitive than the team was this year because, as you pointed out, you don't go down by 32. Yeah. Like, I don't remember what it was last year, but they were both ugly. Ugly is ugly. Come on. Come on. Uh, yeah, no. Moral victory. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Caleb Lohner, Gideon George, both scoring double figures. Oh, they were gushing. Sean Farnham was gushing about Gideon George and Caleb Lohner and I'm looking at the score. The West Coast Conference sent out a tweet that said, Gideon George heating up, and BYU's down 75-50. to 50. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how to feel about this. This is a <laughs> moral victory. Yes. I, well done, guys. Listen, like, if Sione Fino had, like, 50 yards rushing as the third-string guy down 30, does it matter? No. Uh, it, it's good for those guys. I would like – listen, I continue to wonder why Gideon George doesn't play more. He's making a case. Does he struggle with certain concepts on offense or defense? Is there – like Caleb Lohner, we're seeing what he can do, right? Still a little raw, but like his rebounding is just really good, and that's his strength. Uh, some nice moves in the low post, so strong. But, yeah, I'd like to see a little more Gideon George. I, I, maybe there's just not a lot of room for him at that position right now, but uh, – He's had a couple of uh, nice performances um, in in select games, but it's not maybe the inconsistency is the issue. Basketball is all about matchups, and I think we're starting to find out that in certain instances, Gideon is the best option. 
against a team like Gonzaga or USC or St. John's, he matches up very well with. How do you do against Boise opponent. State? Yeah, I can't remember. But I don't know that he played a ton against Boise State. Why? Well, why not? Is, is what I'm wondering. Well, that's, what, that, that's but, Mark Pope's uh, and, and project maybe, to and figure maybe they're out. being and they know the answer. Maybe they're just being nice by not saying if he struggles with something, right? But I was yeah. encouraged. Like, by I, both. I'd love to see a little more. As much of a moral victory as this was, it was nice to watch those two guys play well. It really was. Against Gonzaga, it was nice. Someone's going to make some shots. Gideon George Come take on. on Corey Kispert off the dribble and get to the hoop. I was like, oh, Corey Kispert's a good defender. Yeah, and your focus and intensity and dialed-inness, uh, which isn't a word, uh, isn't at the same level when you're up like 20 or 30. It just isn't. Okay, uh, last one. BYU moves up in Ken Palm and net rankings. Actual Yeah, an actual victory. Actually something. BYU up six spots in spite of a blowout loss in the net rankings to number 46. Ken Palm I'm not as concerned with, again, because I see teams with losing records ahead of BYU. Again, it's an efficiency ratio. So it's not an opinion. It's just what you do. But look at the BPI. Still 45 in the Rossi and top 45. I wonder how I that will that, change when I don't he comes know that out with a new one. Updated that yet. But the net updates every day. BYU's number 46. Yeah, trending in the right direction. Got to keep winning. St. Mary's and uh, San Francisco next week. What's Lunardi going to do with BYU in his next bracket? They're not going to be in. No, but sure. I wonder if maybe are they going to be the fourth team out? Hopefully are they, they going to drop a little bit? Yeah, hopefully they hang around, but. I, BYU didn't give Lenardi much of a reason to keep them in the same spot. That would be an I, actual I think drop loss if BYU drops in bracketology. I would think they would, just but man, maybe but they. The net I ranking don't know. helps. Everyone's getting. Boat I feel strongly that BYU's at-large NCAA tournament possibilities lie specifically in the next two games, Jerem. Straight up at mm. against St. Mary's and against San Francisco. Those are tier B games. I, BYU. I feel like they need to win both of those games. To be in good position to make the NCAA. Yeah, tier B for Ken Palm. Quad one, probably with St. Mary's. Uh, It is right now. And then San Francisco maybe when the dust settles. So we'll see. Here's the good news. Mark Pope has never lost back-to-back games as the head coach. That's right. That's right. At St. Mary's next week. Or so we think. Multiple. I'm not inferring anything. I'm just saying. WCC has been weird. Okay, multiple reports. Topic two include football scoop reporting. Eric Mateos headed to Baylor to replace the now unhired Ryan Pugh. Pew, pew. To join Jeff Grimes, the offensive line coach. This comes on the heels of losing first-team All-American Brady Christensen early to the draft. Fellow starters Chandon Herring and Tristan Hodge leaving as well after their senior seasons. Is the BYU offensive line a concern now? Sure. When you lose that much talent and that much depth on the coaching staff to boot, absolutely it's a concern. We've never talked about depth on the coaching staff. I like that. If it's not a concern... Then what are you watching? What are you looking oh, at? Oh, we've already put Eric at uh, Baylor. Look at this. Come on. <laughs> you lose the offensive coordinator whose specialty is the offensive line, Jeff yeah. Grimes. That's why he was down on the sideline coaching him up. Eric Mateos has been here two years. There's some continuity there. We thought he was coming back. He sent out the gifts. He's looking for a home to buy in Utah County. And then, oh, uh, the turns table. All for naught. So you lose uh, those two prominent personalities. Yeah. And you listen to the offensive linemen and the way they talk about those guys. Yes, it's a concern. Brady Christensen, BYU's first first team All American since Ty Detmer. No, sorry, Luke Staley. But before that, Ty Detmer. It doesn't happen often. Tristan Hodge, Chandon Herring. This is a significant chunk of the offensive line. While I like the Cougars' depth, 
Now it's not nearly as deep. It's feeling a little bit thin, and it feels thinner because the coaches are on their way out, too. I'm concerned. Yeah, it, it, it's hard to expect it to be as good, right? BYU's not going to have a first-team All-American again next year. They, they just won't. But it can still be awesome. So um, I think I feel like BYU's been able to produce good offensive line coaches for a long time. Let's walk through some of those from the recent past. Mike Empey, Garrett Tujay, Robert and I, uh, Mark Weber, Lance Reynolds. I like all of those guys. Yep. So potential starting lineup uh, based on some conversation here. Left tackle, Blake Freeland, shift from right to left there. Clark Barrington's back at left guard. James Empsey's back at center. Love awesome. That. Two returning starters. Keanu Salipaga didn't really play this year, but he'll be back healthy. Can be the starting right guard potentially. And Joe Tukuafu. The chance at right tackle. Joe Tukuafu is probably your sixth man in that mix. So I, I like that. That's a good group. I Remember... 08 going into 09, BYU lost three starters on the offensive line and played Oklahoma, and we were like, oh, gosh, it's going to be rough. Harvey Unga didn't even play in that game. BYU was able to run the ball with Brian Correa because those new guys uh, emerged and stepped up in a big way. I think we could see this offensive line get to that level. It's just a concern when Jeff Grimes did such a good yes. job with Eric Mateo. Yes. So, yeah, the question is, to are see you who the new guy. Yeah, Naturally. Sh- sure, but I, I like Freeland, who's had a lot of lo- run already. I like Sonia Paga, who's been a starter as well. I like Lachance, who's been waiting for his opportunity. I'm excited about that group. I like Tukuafu, uh, maybe to push to get into another position. I, th- I think it'd be he's, guard. He's, yeah. yeah, he's a good player, and he has significant experience because Empey was injured. Tukuafu started the bowl game and did a really good job, and uh, Eric Mateos is quick to point that out. All right, uh, we uh, just received this little bit of news as we push from the collegiate ranks. Up to the NFL, Fred Warner has been named AP NFL All-Pro first team. Well that, that's, done, Fred. That's pretty awesome, and uh, PFF named him that as well. So the Pro Bowl is like a nice thing. It's like all-star game kind of deal, right? But being All-Pro is, is the highest honor um, because that's a big deal. The Pro Bowl is whatever. Like Vince Young replaced like three dudes and was in the Pro Bowl. I was like, Vince Young wasn't one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL uh, one year. This is a big deal for Fred. This is one of the highest honors. You always had some all-pro guys, but it's not been a ton. I'll have to look up exactly how many. This is a big deal for Fred. Congratulations. Let's just call him all-pro Fred. All-pro Fred. Okay, let's do it. When he received the compliment of compliments from Aaron Rodgers after the game saying, you're the best in the game. You're the best in the game. That's pretty good. I I mean, as nice as it is to hear AP NFL all-pro first team, the compliment from Aaron Rodgers as you're the best in the game still is at the top of the list for me what he, looking at that. Would he have said you're the best in the game if the Packers are lost? Or would he, but when you win, it's easy to give compliments. Hey. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. But right. that's, that's flattering regardless. It's, it's been fun to watch high-level NFL players go to bat for Fred and say, oh, he's, he's unbelievable. Richard Sherman. Yes. It's so no, cool. No, it's, it's been great. It's been great, and uh, yeah, good good luck to Fred. We'll see if a guy like Zach Wilson's on that team next year. Congratulations we'll see. We'll see, to All-Pro Fred. Our question of the day, what was the bigger loss yesterday for BYU Athletics? Basketball losing to Gonzaga or Eric Mateos going to Baylor, according to multiple reports? Let's hear from you, BYUSN and Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation. On BYU Sports Nation. Toby McHardy answers on Twitter. Gonzaga is insanely good. Mm-hmm. And BYU wasn't hurt in the rankings metrics by losing to them. Yeah. 
Losing Mateos could potentially impact the effectiveness of the offensive line for years to come if the right replacement isn't found. I'm not worried about the right replacement. I, BYU has been really good through multiple staffs at finding a good O-line uh, coach. And there have been some great offensive linemen here. That's a position that BYU can recruit really well pretty easily. Yeah. But I'm not worried. I'm not worried. Bring back Garrett 2J. I, ha- I have this weird dream that Mike Empey is going to come back and coach his son again. He recruited a bunch of the guys that are still playing on the line. but Right. It's just a little awkward weird. because he was yeah. canned by the current staff. Yes. It's, it's, with, it's weird. Yeah. Awkward. So, it, yeah. Yeah. Mike's uh, obviously beloved here, and it was, it was an interesting situation, no doubt. Okay, coming up. BYU has how many players in pro football focuses top five highest-graded players in college football? And does BYU's all-time leading scorer Tyler Haas take away any actual victories from last night's BYU performance against Gonzaga? We'll ask him. This is BYU Sports Nation. Be about that life. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tonight, it's the best of Utah gymnastics meet featuring three top 25 teams in Utah, BYU, and Southern Utah, as well as Utah State. Tomorrow night, 9 Eastern on BYU TV from the Maverick Center in West Valley, Utah. Quad meet, let's do it. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is BYU's all-time leading bucket getter, all-around good man, Tyler Haas. What's and- up, Tyler? One of our new analysts, Ty, great to have you back on the show. How are you? Hey, I'm great. Thanks for having me on today, guys. I, I've missed you. We haven't had a, uh, a game together to hang out with in a minute. It would have been I, Thursday. I it would have been, been last night against Pacific. Come on, I know. I'm, I'm itching to get back down there. Uh, unfortunately, what brings us together today is a 17-point loss to Gonzaga. But, hey, we, we well, got, Welcome we to the go analyst there. game where you got to weigh in on losses. Let's go. <laughs> Ty, you've, know, right? you've been in several uh, experiences like that. And by several, I'm not trying to say that you've lost a lot of games by a number of points. You just played basketball a long time. Yeah, so you, what, are you, what are you trying to say there? <laughs> you, know, you know what it's like to go through a you tough played a loss lot of blood, like that. Tyler. So what, what's the locker room like after a game like that? Yeah, it's definitely somber, I would say. I mean, uh, disappointing, um, especially when uh, you have – that type of start to a game. And I mean, everybody knew the, um, the odds coming into the game and, and the, the opportunity that was in front of these guys. And so, I mean, the first 10 minutes, I, I think that that was really tough. And I, I think in a locker room after the game, you, you have this um, sick feeling in your stomach because of um, you know, that, that start, but um, you're trying to, I mean, let's put, things in perspective too. I mean, Gonzaga is really, really good. They're, they're the number one team in the country that, I mean, that's as good of a team as you're going to face the entire year. And so, um, although you're disappointed, you're, you're trying to take, take lessons away and you're trying to learn as much as you can about, um, where you're at as a team and the things that you need to get better at. So we had some fun in the opening segment in what's trending about moral and actual victories relative to what we saw last night. So uh, I won't ask you what a moral victory was for you, but what were your takeaways from BYU's performance? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't really like the term moral victories. <laughs> Neither do I. In a loss, I don't know if there is many. But yeah, the lessons, the takeaways, I mean, 
listening to coach Pope after, you know, he, he, he was really proud of the way his guys competed other than those first 10 minutes. I mean, they didn't back down. They, they competed the the rest of the game, even though they were trying to climb back, um, you know, from a big hole in, in the beginning, they didn't back down. And you have to know, like, that's as good of a team as you're going to face the the whole year. And so um, I think that that would be my uh, first takeaway is, um, you know, we competed and uh, we're, we're right there with, um, with, with the best team in the country. Um, I would say there, there were some guys that, that definitely showed up and were bright spots. I mean, um, you know, I thought Caleb Lohner competed, had a good game, Gideon George, we saw more of him. Um, there were some good things that, that came out of that, but really the, the takeaways are going to be in the film session and finding ways to get better, um, from, from this loss. Tyler Haas with us on BYU sports nation. Now all of the national analysts are trying to figure out just how good this Gonzaga team is. We think that they are the best ever. I mean, they've scored 85 plus in 15 straight games. That, that's second only to the iconic 1990-91 UNLV Rebels team. Tyler, is this clearly the best Gonzaga team ever? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you look top to bottom. They, they always have good teams. It seems like they're always able just to reload with talent and transfers. And it's just amazing the, um, the program that Mark Few has built and, uh, and the guys that they get every year. But, I mean, you look top to bottom and you got guys like Kisper and, uh, and Suggs. Uh, it, I mean, they're going to be very, very hard to beat. And I'll, I'll be surprised if they, they lose another game. Yeah, I don't think they'll lose another game. And they, that may include all year. I mean, like you said, they're the number one team in the country. If, if we said, mm-hmm. hey, BYU is playing at Duke or at Kansas or whatever, it's, mm-hmm. listen, Gonzaga is actually better than those teams this year, which is just insane. Yeah. Okay, so uh, the good thing is BYU has a couple of cupcakes next week. Oh, wait, they don't. Uh, BYU at St. Mary's at San Francisco. Because BYU moved this game up, BYU now plays its three toughest league games on the road. Um, what do you expect from BYU? Because you don't want to start one and two or zero and three. BYU probably needs to go get both of those next week. For sure, these are this might be one of the most important weeks of the season right here. And and really, I'm just hoping the games are played right. Like we got to get in the gym and just the game has to has to be played. Um, so, but having said that, I mean, yeah, super super important and. Uh, it's always nice. I mean, you never want to say it's, it's good coming off of a loss, but playing the number one team in the country, you competed hard. You're, you're playing it at a really high level of basketball, you know, learn the lessons you need to and move on quick. You have to be able to turn the page quickly. Um, Cause St. Mary's and San Francisco, man, they're, they're BYU has, is a, is a circled game on their schedule. And um, that that's a big game for them to, to be able to, to, to go win. And so um, you got to be ready to play, um, but guys got to stick together and uh, you know, learn the lessons you need to and, and, and move on. Tyler, we're all wondering how many West coast conference games BYU will actually play after the first three were unfortunately postponed. And then Gonzaga was expedited up. There are 16 original games. How many do you expect BYU to actually play based on what we've seen going on all around college basketball? 
Yeah, I don't know, Spence. I mean, it'll be interesting to uh, see how this this plays out. Um, the first couple of weeks have not been promising that way, but I mean, I'm, I'm hoping at least, I mean, at least ten, maybe twelve. Um, I every game is super important to be able to for BYU to set them up um, for an NCAA tournament bid, and got to get some got to get some good wins. At St. Mary's and um, St. Mary's and San Francisco. I I really think BYU's got to finish. They've got to finish second um, um, to to have a shot at. Uh, being in the NCAA tournaments, but man, it, it it's always nice when when you got Gonzaga, number one team in the country. The opportunity is always there um, to you know cap off a great season if you can if you can knock them down. Um, but yeah, hopefully games can be played, and uh, you know you know the vaccine has come out now, and so it'll be interesting to see how everything develops in the next month or two. He said 10 or 12. I set the line at 11 and a half. How many games would be played? So that's fun. Yeah, spot on. Like, hopefully we get the majority, right? Let's finish with this. Uh, Dave Rose obviously has dealt with cancer, a heart attack, and now a stroke. We're hearing that he's progressing well, which is great. But uh, what do you want to say about uh, your coach at BYU and, and what he's going through right now? Yeah, um, and, you know, first off, I I love coach, and I was devastated to – um, get that news. Uh, he's, he's one of the toughest people I know. And, you know, just, he's taught me so much about life and, um, and just having a good attitude, um, and the right approach to anything that comes your way. I mean, he is, he's been through so much and overcome so much and really taught me, um, the lesson of fighting and battling, not only on the court, but off the courts, um, have so many memories being in, you know, be my freshman year uh, when he was diagnosed with cancer. I remember very vividly him coming in, you know, after a few weeks of us not knowing if he was going to even be able to coach, you know, him coming in the locker room, super emotional and saying, hey, I'm here. I, I'm going to fight this thing. And we're going to fight it together. And I'm going to be here for you guys. And um, that's his approach to, to all these things. And, um, you know, my thoughts and prayers go out to, you know, Cheryl and, and Coach and their family. And um, I, I keep getting updates. I hear he's doing a lot better. Um, and I'm, I'm super happy that uh, uh, he's had the progress that he's had. You just don't know how things are going to shake out after, after a stroke. And so... Um, I love coach, love his family, um, and uh, I've learned so much from him. Tyler, we appreciate that commentary on Coach Rose, and uh, we know uh, through his wife, Cheryl, that he's getting these messages and he's seeing them, and uh, they bring a smile to his face. So thank you for that. We appreciate uh, your analysis of BYU basketball and look forward to more Cougar hoops. Thanks. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. You got a Tyler Haas on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Okay, coming up, silver medalist Guard Young on his team's season lid-lifting meet tomorrow night. Plus, how many Cougars in the playoffs will we be watching in week two of the postseason? Okay. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. To get to know the players, coaches, and some compelling fan stories, search Deep Blue on the BYU TV app today. A fresh bracketology out from Fox College Sports. BYU a ninth seed. 
So, <laughs> what? <laughs> After losing by 17 okay. at Gonzaga, I'll, they I'll, jump up to a I'll 9 seed. It. I'll take it. It's not Joey Brackets, but I'll take it. He is Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton, and this is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Pro Football Focus says both Brady Christensen and Zach Wilson in its top five highest-graded players in all of college football. Amazing. Wow. Will BYU have two first-round NFL draft picks? I don't think so, Jerem. Obviously, Zach Wilson is going to go in the first round. It's going to take something remarkable from Brady at the Combine slash BYU's Pro Day and catching the right eye to jump all the way into the first round. I would love that. Obviously, Brady had a season that might deserve that, but I just don't see him going in the first round along with Zach Wilson. Yeah, there's not an exact correlation between first-team All-American in that evaluation and pro scouts. It's, it's different. Yeah. Well, Zach was an honorable mention All-American, according to Phil Steele, and he but apparently is going to be pro, the second quarterback. He's a better pro prospect than Kyle Trask and to several people, Justin Fields but not better than Trevor Lowe. Hey, speaking of Phil Steele, BYU places 24 players on his we first showed them and to second you early in the all show. independent teams. Uh, in fact, can we see them again? Scroll it. Can we see Scroll all it. the players again? See how many you can pick up. Okay, there they are. Yeah. <laughs> are you impressed with that amazing list? Uh, no, here's why. There were only four independent teams, and one of them played four games. Army and Liberty had really nice seasons. Yeah. Of course, BYU yeah. did as well. Um, so, I, good job by those guys. They were great, but eh, four teams, like three and a half teams. Yeah, Old Dominion did not have a Didn't season. UConn did not have a no. season. Notre Dame was in the ACC. But hey, against Liberty and Army, 24, I'm somewhat impressed. 24 players is a lot. Not I'm not so, I'm mad. Not, I'm not surprised. It's not Wheel of Cheese impressed, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's not like, wow! Yeah. UA has done other things that are wow. If there were 10 teams, I probably still wouldn't be impressed. <laughs> <laughs> On to the next. <laughs> okay, Fred Warner was just named to the AP NFL All-Pro team, which is incredible. Is Fred the best former BYU player at his sport as a pro right now? Hard to argue that he's not. Who's better? Taylor Sander in volleyball? I thought about Taylor Sander. Kyle Van Noy is not on the level of Fred Warren. He's not not all-pro first team right now. He's really good, but he's not all-pro. No, like Jimmer in China? No. Taysom Hill is a unique specialty player, but he's not first team all-pro. Right. And even if he was at special teams... At middle line, there's only one player that's having Aaron Rodgers say, You're the best in the game. And then it was backed up by everyone that voted in the AP first team all pro poll. Now, we should have another conversation. Who had a better season, Fred Warner or Zach Wilson? That'd be a fun one. Mark it down. How about this? Based on BYU's rotating offensive line coach conversation, reported that Eric Mateos is following Jeff Grimes to Baylor. Butch Powell. Oh, you wore a green Baylor shirt today. Look at you. Well, it's not green for Baylor. Mostly it's well, just green because tell that my to wife the says, you look good in green. And I said, thank you, I'll wear this. She's sweater. like, hey, Eric Mateos News, wear this. <laughs> Butch Pau and JJ and Wigwe both took to Twitter last night to endorse T. John Caroma yeah, muscles. as the next BYU offensive line coach. Jerem, are you buying in? No, he needs to be an offensive line coach first. He's the assistant director for athletic performance at Tulsa this year. Tulsa had a great season. Uh, no, he needs to be an online coach for a couple years before he would get there. I'm all about T. John coming back to BYU in some capacity. At some point. In some capacity. Yeah, I'd love to yeah. have him back. I'd love to have him on BYU's strength and conditioning program right now. 
but he needs to build the resume if he's going to take over an offensive line. BYU is in a position where they can go out and get somebody notable based on what they've done in the recent past, hiring a bunch of other good offensive line coaches. Okay, last but not least, should BYU recreate this 1975 statue of David Men's basketball uh, schedule with Caleb Lohner? Thanks to Aaron Taylor for pointing this out. One million percent yes. (laughs) This is one of the better things. Legs are kind of skinny there. That I have seen in the last calendar year. Okay, that is an unbelievable bit of art, and he looks like a Greek god. He does. He looks like Hercules. So this Hercules, is, this Hercules, is perfect. Yeah, I, th- I think BYU definitely needs to do something with this. Okay, coming up, <laughs> who nailed prop picks last night? Uh, plus, all access with BYU gymnastics coach Guard Young, 17th ranked team in the country. Let's go. What's the next step for the Cougars to continue their rise? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The best of BYU Sports Nation airs Saturdays, noon Eastern, 9 Pacific on BYU Radio. It's also on the podcast feed, featuring the best conversations and interviews each week. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. Hey, if you don't have a markdown yet, or DVR for that matter, gymnastics quad team meet featuring three top 25 squads tomorrow. Yeah, I'm excited. This is the first meet of the season. Uh, you'll be calling it tomorrow. It's going to be a ton of fun. Second year, we'll, we, we are involved with the best of Utah. And, of course, Utah ranked fourth and BYU 17th, Southern Utah 23rd. The Flippin' Birds, love that one. That's great. And Utah State. So uh, earlier this morning, I spoke with Olympic silver medalist and gymnastics head coach Guard Young about it on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Okay, guard, 10 months ago, all of a sudden the season ended. Here we are uh, 10 months later, and 2021 season is about to begin tomorrow night at the Maverick Center on BYU TV and the best of Utah meet. So what's life been like as you prepared for the craziest season ever? Well, um, we've actually been really busy, and I prefer it that way. So happy that we are extremely busy. Um, You know, in preparation for any type of gymnastics season, uh, that's really unconventional this year. You know, first and foremost, you know, my, my number one concern as the coach here is the safety of my athletes. Um, not only safety of, of, you know, coronavirus and, and, and all the, everything that a pandemic brings, but, you know, have they physically gotten themselves ready to compete, you know, in a safe, in a safe environment. And so, Right now, you know, I can answer that they are ready. They are safe. They're ready to go out and compete safely. We've done all the COVID testing protocols. And now it's just, we're, I'm just excited that they actually get an opportunity to compete. And how many of these meets we're going to get this year, we have no idea. Um, and we just know that each one that we, they're given to us is, is a blessing. And, and we're just going to enjoy the fact that we get a do gymnastics this year and we're excited about the showcase on our air with the team tomorrow night we'll break that down in a moment but what have the preparations been like in the preseason because we've heard from all different teams in the NCAA in terms of uh you know we've been going for a long time we got burnout at the end yet you have a season you want to be ready but you got to compete and you got to entertain these athletes to some degree at some point with competition so how have you managed all that as you now have a season approaching yeah, you know, I mean, we have our processes that we do every preseason. You know, and we have a long preseason. You know, we, we start in September and we go all the way through December, uh, during, you know, Christmas and Thanksgiving. You know, those little holidays get in the way. But, um, 
you know, it, it's just so hard when, you know, you're going and you're starting to get in a groove and you got these practice inner squads and scrimmages coming up and then they shut you down. Or, you know, what's really been hard is the contact tracing with roommates. You know, hey, I know one of our gymnast roommate gets it. There's no affiliation with the athletic program or the gymnastics team, but protocols are in place for a reason. And those, those gymnasts get shut down for an extended period of time. And then they got to expect to come right back and jump back into it. And you just can't do that in a sport of gymnastics. And so it's just been a lot of like yo-yoing up and down and, and making sure when they do come back that again, you know, they go through the right you know, steps to, to make sure they're good. Um, you know, gymnastics is a sport of just repetition, repetition, and we got to make sure that those reps are in before, you know, hard landings get introduced or the pull, the pull routine gets introduced. You're replacing Shannon Evans, All-American, Brianna Pearson as well, a, a good contributor there. Who are the leaders on your team this year? Well, we have seven fantastic seniors. These are girls that have come in, um, you know, three years ago as freshmen and were automatically making lineups and competing. So in a year where the preparation isn't quite normal, you know, I think it's nice to have seven seniors that have gone through this multiple times. They know how to get ready and they know how to compete. So um, Abby Miner uh, is looking to, again, excel in the all-around. She won this meet a year ago. So for her, maybe there is a little bit of a, hey, I want to defend my title a little bit, being the top all-arounder at this meet. Um, you know, uh, she got married over the summer, too, through a pandemic. Um, Abby Bowden is now Abby bowden Staten, and she's in nursing school right now. So imagine get, trying to go through nursing school and do gymnastics is pretty remarkable. I've never thought about and, doing either of those, just so you know. Yeah, and, <laughs> and I mean, her schedule is just crazy. Wild. With two-a-days, morning conditioning, running up and doing all of the clinical stuff that she has to do. Um, I can't believe she does gymnastics at the level she can do it. Yeah, pretty, pretty remarkable young woman. That absolutely is. Uh, you're number 17 in the preseason poll. Uh, this program has taken uh, and been elevated the last couple of years under your watch here. Do you feel like that's a fair ranking going into the season? You know, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. You know, every year they the preseason comes out, and I don't know how how much thought you know coaches put into it. Um, does conference favoritism get put into it? I, I really don't know. I, you know, when I do my ballots, I really just kind of look at where teams finished last year. Um, and we finished 16th, which was a ranked team going into the NCAA tournament. So, you know, right around there is probably pretty fair. But on all the other years, they've ranked us at a certain ranking and we finished higher. So that's what our aim is this year is to be ranked 17th, but clearly finish the season ranked higher than that. Obviously, tomorrow competing with the likes of uh, number four Utah, number twenty-three Southern Utah, the Flipping Birds—that's one of the best nicknames—and Utah State. What is this meet like as you roll out the first one, uh, where everyone the lights are on and Utah's there, and uh, it's the best of Utah? It literally is the best of Utah. Yeah, I mean, just you know, trying to follow people's Instagrams and you know, social media. You know, all four teams—they look ready. They look. Like there, it's going to be one one fun meet and a real treat for gymnastics fans. You know, not only for the you know eighteen hundred that can get into the Maverick Center this weekend, but for everyone across the country who get to see it right here on BYU TV. 
And, and the fact that we get to do that, we get to bring you guys up so that we can showcase this event. It's just good gymnastics. And whenever there's good gymnastics, I think that's great for our university. That's great for my gymnast. That's great for me as a fan of gymnastics. So we're really excited that, that it's all kind of coming together here at the last minute. Yeah, we're very excited about the opportunity to do uh, the meet. It's going to be great, a great showcase, great athletes. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, it means we're into January and we're into the season, which is great. So, Guard, we're very excited about it tomorrow night. We appreciate the time, and we'll uh, see you at the Maverick Center. Yep, see you tomorrow. Okay, BYU, Utah, Southern Utah, Utah State, tomorrow night, 9 Eastern on BYU TV. It should be a lot of fun. It's always enjoyable when you have an Olympic silver medalist on the show, right? Love it. And a former broadcast major, no less. How about that, man? Yeah, I, I think he uh, chose the right career. <laughs> I joke with him that when he's done coaching, he needs to come and be uh, a gymnastics analyst at some point. That, that makes perfect sense. Oh, right? he's got the credentials, no yes, doubt. Yes, he Also does. related to Brigham. Come on. Okay, coming up, I award you and I no points. Plus, our Rise and Shoutouts feature an amazing scholarship venture and serious team dedication to getting that team photo in. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Kitty and George heating up. That was the moment right there. Heating up. Only down 25. Let's go. Uh, or download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. Subscribe, review, and rate. Give us those five stars, baby. As much as I don't want to do this um, per contract. Hey, just because it's inconvenient doesn't mean we shouldn't do it. Let's we got to recap our prop picks Let's from go. last night. Presented by Tim Daly Ford, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. Number one, how many points will BYU score against Gonzaga? We had four different options. Jerem, you opted for between 71 and 75. I said between 76 and 80. We were both wrong. The Cougars scored 69 points. Well, I was right, but Caleb Lohner decided to dribble it out at the end. If he lays it in, I get 71. Wasn't that the sportsmanship uh, award, though, for Caleb Lohner? Like, would Gonzaga have been mad if he had made that bucket? No. Unless they were betting on the game. Number two, who will be the game's third highest scorer? Corey Kispert at 23, Jalen Suggs at 16, Matt Harms and Caleb Lohner at 13. Both you and I missed on this. Uh... Yeah, I, I had, uh, what, Timmy and you had Barcelo. Yeah, Timmy so. had 12, Barcelo had 9. Alex Barcelo had 9. This just saying he's probably got to have more if he already wants to compete. All right, number three. <laughs> what will be the largest lead held in the game by BYU? <laughs> Cougars never led in this game. Never led, and neither of us called that because we didn't want the team to be mad at us. No oh, points geez. awarded. Yeah, I award you no points. I thought BYU said, would lead by well, as many as four. You said, I said six. six, and we were both wrong. What a homer pick! Nobody spins the wheel. But, Nobody uh, spins the wheel, which ben, is kind of disappointing. Ben Bagley brought up something apt in the conversation this morning. Maybe both of us should spin it when we go over together. <laughs> I'm not opposed because I, I think it'd be pretty weird, and that's kind of I kind of like it. So, let's go. Okay, next time. <laughs> Thankfully, we're not spinning it today. Our question of the day. 
Bigger loss yesterday for BYU Athletics. Uh, basketball losing to Gonzaga or Eric Mateos reportedly leaving the football program to join Baylor as their offensive line coach. Let's go to our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. This from Curtis Garrick on Twitter. Apparently, the 17 curse not a thing. thingy didn't work against the Zags and nothing was landing for our boys, but it's the Zags. I expected a larger loss, he says. But Mateos, ouch. Yeah. It happens. It's number one, Gonzaga. Today's rise and there's no 17. Plus. Get out of here. Today's rise and shoutouts presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Uh, BYU alumnus and new Utah Jazz owner Ryan Smith is going to offer a four-year scholarship to an underrepresented student for every Utah Jazz win this year. That's awesome. Amazing. So at uh, Shad four two seven tweeted. So basically, if you're an opposing team. And you beat the Jazz, you're against scholarships for underrepresented kids. What's up with that, <laughs> Brooklyn Nets, New hey! York Knicks most recently? <sighs> Austin Rivers? Come on, yeah. man. Yeah. Do you not want scholarships for <laughs> underrepresented kids? What's your problem? That's hilarious. Oh, well played by Ryan Smith. He continues to do amazing things. Ryan Smith, love him. It's great. My rise of shout-out goes to the BYU women's volleyball team. For a couple of reasons here, Jerem. One, because I think this might be the coldest team picture ever taken in the history of oh, BYU women's and volleyball. by cold, you mean literally, not like, like, oh man, that's the coldest photo ever. It's freezing outside. They're yep. all in their beanies. And as was pointed out by my sister, has there ever been a team on campus that has more combined hair than the BYU women's volleyball team in this picture? Listen. Maybe uh, the Cougarettes? That's Gavin Baxter-type length right there. I mean, that's, that's pretty good. Every single one okay, of them. Now, now, listen. They chose to go outside. This, they were not forced to do this. They could have taken it inside the traditional photo. But I respect the move to go outside and say, you know what? Our season's in the winter. This is very different. This isn't August to December. Let's get out there. Let's go up in the mountains. Let's avoid any cougars near us, which is always the hope. So, yeah, nicely done. Well done, ladies. Dedication to the crowd for sure. Can't wait to watch them play. They're ranked number 16 in the ABC yes. preseason poll. They're going to do like some Tuesday-Wednesday stuff in league, which is kind of different. Will there be a back-to-back with women's and men's volleyball? There'll be a couple. Let's go. We'll announce them. We'll announce them later. Our thanks to today's guests, Tyler Haas and Gard Young. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. We ran out of time. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUS. For Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. Shout out to Wayne Young. We'll see you tomorrow night from the Maverick Center in West Valley, Utah, at 9 Eastern for the best of Utah gymnastics meet featuring four teams, three in the top 25. Go Cougs. Flipping birds!